In today's podcast, I talk to an old friend, Drew Hawkins. We dive into our favorite topics, including to-do systems, productivity hacks, document storing, and most importantly, managing the balance of wanting to be good fathers and husbands while also good leaders at our companies. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, I am happy today to have one of my longtime friends. Uh, we used to work together, uh, Drew Hawkins. How you doing, Drew? I'm good. How are you doing, Jeff? Good to see you. Excellent, excellent. Well, before we get started, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yeah, uh, my name is Drew Hawkins, uh, the director of digital marketing at Womble Bond Dickinson. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful of a name, but uh, we're a transatlantic law firm uh, with a lot of offices here in the U.S. and in the U.K., uh, one of the AM top 100 law firms um, in the world and kind of do a little bit of everything. So it's uh, been a definite learning curve, learning a little bit more about how law firms go to market, a little bit different than other brands I'd worked with in the past. But um, this August, I've been there about a year. Yeah, I was going to say, this is pretty pretty recent for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So still kind of in that learning the business mode at the moment. It's It's a global law firm, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, just U.S. and the U.K. though. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure like all of us, your world has has changed dramatically since COVID hit. Um, and I know, you know, thinking about talking to you today, when you and I would get coffee, we would talk a lot about uh, to-do systems and the way we both try to stay organized. And I know that I've learned a lot of tips from you. Um we're also big family guys. I mean, I, I see all the things that, that you and Megan do with the kids and just, you know, how active you are. And so I guess I want to start there. Like, as you think about uh, time management, especially during COVID, um, and I know the first couple months, the kids were at home with, mm-hmm. with you guys both, right? Right. <laughs> so, so what that does is it makes you have to, have to be more organized and disciplined, right? So Oh, yeah. Talk to me about sort of how that, like, did, did, did things evolve in terms of how you tried to get things done? Um, how did you stay productive or, or did you? <laughs> uh, we did a pretty good job, I think, of staying productive. I mean, there was a challenge of having the kids at home with having the day-to-day work responsibilities. Um, I know in our front with COVID at, with a law firm, there's a lot of a lot more work coming in actually from a marketing perspective because we had, you know, how how do corporations work around this? Here are the new unemployment laws and that kind of thing. So my workload actually went up a lot, um, and my time shrunk in half. Um, and in the meantime, we were also selling our house, so we were having to like get out of the house from time to time to do showings and. Um, being on the phone with our realtor and, and doing all the stuff that comes along with that process. Um, so what it was a lot of trial and error, but where we ended up landing, um, Megan and I would get together the night before, open our Outlook calendars and kind of make judgment calls on when do you have meetings? When do I have meetings? Uh, okay, we have overlap because that was bound to happen. Which one of these is something where you can listen to, but you don't need to be plugged into your computer. Like you can just dial in, throw your phone on mute and like walk around the kids or something like that. Um, And that's kind of what we did. And then in terms of actually getting work done, um, we would work, get up at five, work from about five to seven ish. Um, And that's about when our daughter would get up. And, uh, and then once they are up from like seven to nine, we weren't really doing anything. We alternated mornings running because that was like the only 
like mental break we got during the day. Um, and then from about nine to six was absolute chaos. Mm -hmm. And then after the kids went to bed, um, we would have like little date nights. We'd make dinner and uh, have our laptops open and we'd work till like 9.30 or 10 um, and then get up and do it again. So, so literally both of you were getting up at five? Mm -hmm. Both of us. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> who, who, who was it easier on getting up that early? It really depended on the day. I think it really had a lot to do with what kind of day did the other person have the day before. Sure. Um, but uh, we're both pretty decent at morning people. I would say Megan might be a smidge better, but it depends on the day. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and what remind me, or at least currently, what are you using to keep track of your, your tasks? What's your, what's your to-do system? Uh, right now it's Asana. Um, so my to-do system really um, floats based on like where I'm working at the time. Uh, so right now our team uses Asana. And um, the way I use it now is I'll set up all my to-dos, um, kind of keep track and answer questions. That's kind of how my team talks to me about questions about different projects or anything going on or completion actions or whatnot. Um, and then I will also kind of, mitigate like have it talk to outlook a little bit so i'll also um, in outlook block off times of day where instead of just saying focus work so that way my whole day isn't just meetings and i'm not actually getting any work done i'll you know say 9 30 to 10 i would normally just say focus work now what i've done is i'll look at my asana list the night before and say okay what do i need to get done tomorrow and then actually schedule blocks of time like it's a meeting like hey from 9 30 to 10 30 i'm working on this specific task so that way it's a little less apt to get distracted or sidetracked or anything like that um and then i also use asana for follow-up um the way our outlook at work set, set up right now i can't really like use an asana plugin and clip emails but what i'll do is um save the email file to my desktop and we'll like drag it to an asana task as like an attachment mm. so if there's something like hey follow up with this person on x if you haven't heard from them or shoot this reminder out or something like that i'll it's a little bit of work to do it that way but it's also a lot more work to forget something and then have to backpedal right so um that, that's kind of the system i have right now I have it on my phone too and just set up like little alerts throughout the day to give myself little nudges to get stuff done so so asana you started when mm -hmm. you in august when you mm -hmm. when you started the firm um right. had you had you used it before no, no, we used uh, kind of bounce back and forth between Todoist mm -hmm. and, um, and I used that on a personal level until I had a little bit more of a team built out at North Highland where I was at previously. And we used Microsoft Planner um, because it integrated with Teams and all the other Microsoft tools we use. So it just kind of worked better with all the other stuff within the company. Um, and that's pretty similar to Asana. Are you now using, are you using Asana for personal as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a little um, task box that's just locked down to me. And yeah, I just I like my personal tasks, like call the insurance guy, you know, whatever, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm currently using Todoist. Um, yeah. I've I floated around. I don't remember if I, we talked about this before, but I would sometimes I just use a, a notepad and I try to keep track of my tasks there and move them from page to page, which, which yeah. sort of you to go, gosh, I'm just going to get this thing done. I've moved it to the next page five times in a row. Yeah. Uh, but I've started using Todoist um, and I like it. I, I, I get a boost of like productivity when I switch to a new to-do system. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
something, something psychological. It's like, all right, I'm going to get nice and organized and move everything over. Yeah. Um, but w- t- which do you like better if you, if you could choose Asana versus Todoist? Oh, if I could choose, it'd be Todoist. Hands really? Yeah. Um, I, I think it just talks to more systems. You know, what I did really enjoy, um, I think just being at a law firm, our stuff's a lot more locked down than normal. Um, but I love the Alexa integration with it. So I could just say, hey, Alexa, add blank to my to-do list. And it would just go. Oh, I haven't tried that yet. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and yeah. It just The integration factor in Todoist is so much better um, than I think Asana is. And so that, that, that was probably the biggest selling point for me and, and it's simplicity, you know, yeah. just having that little running list, um, clipping emails, did that a ton with just to remind myself to follow up with people or how, did you, how do you, how did you do that with Todoist? Is it a dragon? I've not done that either. It was, a uh, for me, it was the Outlook plugin okay. so that it's not in the Outlook store. It's in, um, you had to like download it externally and like install it a little more manually than you would any other plugin. But um, yeah, I would just have an email up, hit add to do us, and it would just clip it like an Evernote web clipper, kind of work the same way. Um, and it would just clip that email file for me to say, hey, do this thing. And it'd pull up the email, pull up the attachments and correspondence or whatever. I got to check it. that out for Gmail. Yeah. I'm a big Gmail guy, but I bet yeah. that is. I'm sure it is. So that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious. Well, in my world, um, a lot of what I do um, running a company is um, it's really up to me, I guess. Um, there's I, I don't do a lot of project work right, and so it's it's proactive things. And honestly, right. I've I have more time um, now because I'm not driving to work or driving to meetings. And you know, even us chatting right now, we would have both mm-hmm. driven to a coffee shop and then driven home. Right. So I have more time but I feel like I'm getting less done. Um, I struggle with some of the productivity and motivation. Um, ha- have you, have you had that problem? Have you not had that problem during COVID? So um, during COVID, at least the first couple of months, I would say I was just kind of blacked out getting stuff done. Um, I, I think I had more motivation because there was so much to get done, but we had a lot of other personal stuff to do with our house and all that. Um, so we're, I feel like when you're on a crunch, it's just easier to be productive. Um, now that the kids are back in daycare, but we're still working from home. So we're now kind of in that situation. You are, where we have more time than normal. Um, I don't think I'm getting more done. I think I'm probably getting about the same amount done, but it's a lot easier. Like I'm not tapped out at the end of the day. I'm not just like on fumes, you know, it's just a much more relaxed, um, pace of life right now. Yeah. Well, you went with, you went through a period of, um, having the kids at home, young kids and moving to now, neither of those things, you must feel like this is the greatest thing (laughs) that's ever happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the place we moved to, um, is a lot more walkable. So we're within walking distance of our favorite coffee shop an ice cream shop, a park, the kids daycare. So, Mm-hmm. We only like get in the car to go to the grocery store right now. Um, so it's been fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I hear you on that. Um, okay, so you also, um, you blog, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're putting content out. Has that changed during COVID? Talk to me about your process for how often you like to write. 
yeah, so um, I used to like to write about once or twice a week at least. Uh, I think earlier in my career, I wrote a lot more. Um, I think now, if I'm taking in new information or learning something, um, I'm probably sharing that directly with my team and not so much like publicly because it might be something really specific to a project or working on or whatnot. Um, I wouldn't say this is so much COVID related. I mean, it slowed down a little bit just because um, the first couple of months we only had so much capacity during the day that I kind of had to pick and choose and blogging went way down the bottom of the list. Um, but I think now I've slowed down just because like with current events and kind of chaos going on that I'm like, what do I even talk about? And I even saw you write a blog post on that yeah. name. Yeah. Um, where I'm like, I guess, you know, here's some stuff I'm doing, but you know, should I write about that? Should I not? So I've just right. kind of like kicked ideas around, but not actually done anything with it yet. You know, it's so interesting. I was, um, I was on Instagram maybe today or yesterday and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people are posting about really important things, right? Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. And and then there's an ad for uh, a Tony Hawk master class to learn how to skateboard. And I just saw that and I was like, look, I know there's a business there and he's got a, but like, just seems a little tone deaf. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like, here's this terrible thing happening and here, you know, an ad to learn to skateboard. So I've, I've been sort of in that vein of like, what do I write right now? You know, is it, is it worth anyone's time? Um, so, I, so I definitely get that. Um, do you have a goal for cadence right now or just sort of, if something strikes you, you're going to write it otherwise move on to the next day? I think right now, um, if the mood strikes me, I'll write something. Um, we had, I really enjoy reading. I had a really ambitious reading goal at the beginning of the year that got shot to hell around March. Um, mm. but I was reading about four, three or four books a month, um, up until about COVID and then that slowed down. Now that's picking up, if I have that extra free time, there's all these books I've been wanting to read. I mean, some of those being inspired by recent events that I right. weren't on my list before, um, that I'm spending that extra time just ingesting information so i think i'll probably get to a point where i'm writing a ton um but i'm kind of in like a sit back read take in new information uh, situation right now i guess so hopefully like maybe once a week uh, i don't want it to go completely stale you know but yeah i think you got to force yourself um yeah. i uh I'm, I'm in that maybe once a week um I've, I've put more time into my my email um because i feel like that's you know, a smaller group of people that, that know me that I can be a little more intimate with than just a, a big blog post. But uh, one of the things I've always, um, I've always picked your brain on is, um, around, um, sort of storing notes, how, how we capture notes, how we capture ideas, how we store them, um, documenting. I know that you posted something on LinkedIn recently. Talk to me about your system. What are you currently using to take notes? I'm actually using for work. I use uh, OneNote, and mm -hmm. that's simply just because it integrates with other company stuff, a little bit easier to share. Um, and then I, uh, for other stuff, like if I'm just doing web research or reading a white paper, or um, when we had in-person church meetings, like if I was at church, I would do all that in Evernote. Um, and so I would say Evernote is still my preferred method of note-taking. Um, and then I've also got a, a random empty lined notebook where if I'm on a call or something and I'm just taking chick, you know, chicken scratch types of notes that aren't going to be useful later, 
I kind of use it for that. Uh, so a, a little bit of everything, but I think most of my work works in OneNote. Personal yeah. stuff is in Evernote because that's going to be with me forever. You know, it's kind of my forever note-taking system. When you put something in Evernote, is it like typing in or are you writing? And then didn't you have a, a pen oh, and stuff? I did, yeah. Um, and then I ran out of paper and never ordered the next notebook. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I was using it a lot. And then at North Highland, we, cause our, our system was a little bit less locked down. Um, right. I was able to use Evernote a little bit more. Um, I tried to do the, the live scribe thing and connect it to OneNote, but it wouldn't let me connect to my OneNote account. So, um, um, but I did for a while. It was cool. I mean, I think the, the difference is when I'm typing something into Evernote for whatever reason, it's usually a very intentional thought um or whatnot are seriously like in an organized like mode of thinking versus when i took the um uh, the moleskin into meetings and would start writing it was that chicken scratch mindset yeah. so it's just a whole bunch of nonsense going into my evernote folder and it just it was hard to make make anything up what it was good for is if i like drew a diagram or did like some sort of mind mapping or, or whatever that was great uh, for that type of situation yeah i i have fallen in love with the um, 11 inch iPad pro, oh, yeah? uh, you know, the smaller one, um, and using the Apple pencil, mm-hmm. um, and taking notes. It's awesome. Really? Uh, yeah. I use good notes. Um, so that's what I've been using for a couple of months now. What's interesting is, you know, in a way I'm far less mobile, right. As are you like, we're locked into our house. We're not mobile from that sense. But what I found was being in the house, I, I work in more places, in the house. Like I might mm-hmm. sit at the kitchen table or come down to the little office that I have or sit out on the deck or something. And so the iPad pro comes with me to all those places. Um, and to take notes with the pencils, awesome, um, to do email and to do basic things. It's really great. Um, but I've also even started reading on this. So I've got really? a couple of okay. Kindle books. Yeah. That I'm that. So if I'm sitting there, I might read for half an hour on this. I can pull up something, take a note. Or, so anyways, I I've gone, I still like the handwriting notes. It's just really easy if you're using the Apple Pencil, for instance, to then just share it right to Evernote and save it, right? And then it's That's just cool. there. But That's awesome. Yeah. A, so my, go ahead. So is it a big adjustment going from like a, a real pencil to an Apple Pencil? Like, is that a little bit of a learning curve at all? It's a little bit, but um, one of the things a friend of mine uh, suggested that he he did, um, you can buy a film that goes over the top of the iPad that makes it more like pe- uh, paper. So right. I don't know. It's like a little grippy or whatever it is, but it almost feels like you're writing on a piece of paper with a regular pencil. So I like the ability to highlight and, you know, make shapes and do all sorts of stuff. It, it also is better for me with a little bit of ADD and if I'm in a meeting and I can like, you know, make something green and just, (laughs) (laughs) um, Hey, all right. So I got a question for you. Sure. I'm, I'm the same as you with Evernote. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's my long-term brain. I throw important things in there. Um, I will say I rarely, rarely, rarely ever go back and get anything out of Evernote. It's just all there. Is that yeah. just me or do you do this? Is that the same for you? Kind of the same. I have a little bit of a digital hoarder. I would say the yeah. only time I go back and reference something is if I go to a conference. Um and it's usually within that first month of having gone to it where I'm pulling out, oh, here's something, here's a takeaway for this presentation I need to create, or here's something we need for this project or whatnot. But it's still within 
you know, I, the only time I've ever looked back in Evernote is honestly like church notes. And if they mention a book or something I want to read, I'll go search for it. I'm like, oh yeah, he talked about this book. I'm going to go see what that is, you know? So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll look back on that kind of thing. Um, and then book notes I'll look back on. So every once in a while, I'll take like a picture of a book or like a page that I thought was really cool um, and put it in there. Uh, but that's it. Like work notes, research, like stuff that I actually get do for a living. I hardly ever go back past a month or so. Yeah. Right. Well, once in a while I'll go, Oh yeah, I, I saved a, I don't know, like something for my car and I'll mm-hmm. go, Oh, dig it up from years past, but mostly it just sits there and I'm just paying them every month <laughs> for yeah. the service of, to your point, digitally hoarding everything. Um, by the way, one other quick thing that I love about using good notes, um, on the iPad with the Apple pencil is, mm-hmm. um, you can um, you can send text directly from that into Todoist to make a to do. Oh, so I can be taking cool. notes, and then I can say, you know, call Drew tomorrow, and then I can highlight it and send it, and it'll transcribe it and put it into Todoist as a task, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. That's yeah, really cool. It works out pretty good. Um, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna take a look at Asana. Um, although since you like to do us better, um, and that's what I'm using, I'll stick with it um, most likely. But yeah. understanding that workflow a little bit better, I think, is really interesting. Um, yeah, this was this was helpful. Um, any anything else comes to mind on, in terms of productivity or things that you're doing, hacks that you're doing right now to to stay active, to stay on top of things? Um, I think the biggest hack, and this has just been the last week or so, is just when I uh, schedule block off focus work time, like don't put a meeting on this is intentionally labeling it. The, the event title, here's what I'm going to do. Um, and so either the night before the next morning, cause Megan and I are actually still getting up early. Um, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. that quiet, quiet time in the morning. Yeah. Um, the night before I'll set out, Hey, here's what I'm going to do when I wake up and then I'll wake up. I'm not having to sit there and think about what am I going to start on now? You know, it's a go right in and have a plan before I even wake up. So instead of having like, 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. focus time, you're literally going into the title of that and saying, you know, focus time, colon, do these things or this, that specific. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good tip for me because I've tried the focus time and block out time and somehow I get to that time and I don't get nearly as much done as I as I want to. Um, so maybe if I listed mm-hmm. out the things, it might be, might be easier. Yeah. Yeah, and I usually try to start the day with like those little admin things that are like a little mindless that you still have to do, like uh, little follow up notes or whatnot. And that's where I start. That's kind of like you know, if, if you're going to go for a run, you don't take off sprinting, you jog a little, you know, you sure. go slow a little bit first, right? So I kind of do that in my brain, a little warm up task before I actually do like focus deep work. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, last question for you: what uh, mm-hmm. what book are you most excited about next, or or what are you reading now that you're really excited about? Ooh, so I just read, um, well, I did just read The Crisis Turnaround. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Thank you for that. I'll send, I'll yeah, send my uh, check your way. <laughs> um, I read that this week. Uh, right before that, finished up White Fragility. Um, yeah. thought that was a really interesting book. Had several people in our friend group had recommended it in the past. Um, just had never really honestly prioritized it until recently. And then um, I am... Um, in the process of starting, per my grandfather's recommendation, uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, which oh, yeah. um, did not expect that to be my grandfather's recommendation. Uh, but we were kind of, you know, I was asking him, how is now different than in the 60s? Because he was kind of inv- involved with some civil rights stuff. And 
he uh, was like, I'd encourage you to read this. And I was like, really? And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, uh-huh. give it a shot. And I was like, okay. Um, so uh, well, it's not a fast read so far. It's a slow read, but um, I've heard, heard it's a good book. So I'm into it now. Yeah, well, you'll have to let me know how that is. Um, yeah. I, th- I thought white white fragility was also powerful, but definitely sort of dense. I mean, it's it's a, it's not as free flowing as um as two that I'll recommend. One is Evicted, mm-hmm. uh, really really eye opening experience. Um, and then uh, Just Mercy, which obviously okay. was a movie, but the book is mm-hmm. just I mean it, it it really is it's it's horrifying, it's unbelievable, it's just such an amazing um piece of literature. So. All right, man. Well, listen, it was great to chat with you. I appreciate it as always. Again, like normally we do this exact same conversation. (laughs) We just do it over coffee. Um, And I thought, hey, why not record it and share it and see if it helps anyone else? Sounds good. Enjoyed it. All right, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right. See you. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't really know people did that anymore. Since you're still here. I'd love for you to subscribe so you can get updated when I post my next podcast. And you can always check out everything I'm up to at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com. Thanks for listening.